everybody a very happy morning for yankee fans episode 76 of the bomber brothers podcast will be a recap of the short wild card series that was and it didn't feel short especially after last night the longest nine inning game in baseball history there were incredibly questionable uh delay decisions incredibly questionable resumption decisions some questionable managerial decisions, but through it all, it turns out into a 10-9 Yankee win, one of the more wild postseason Yankee games in in recent memory. It uh, was certainly stressful to, to watch, but Sean, after all the questions, after all the uncertainty around this team, given how they were performing heading into the postseason, the Yankees sweep Cleveland and it's on to, it's on to Tampa. Yeah, a wild game. Definitely one of the more wild uh, postseason games that I can remember in terms of back and forth and um, uh, overarching theme of stupidity, I would say, throughout the game. Some of it worked out in weird ways, like when they pinch hit for um, Naylor, Naylor, who was absolutely killing us, and then he hits a double uh, to dead center. And then there was all this weather stuff and... I don't know. That was really weird. I was really, really angry about that. I don't think you can fault Tanaka for the way things went in that first inning because it took him a little while to get going, up and down. He was pitching in a hurricane, basically. And then um, and then after that, they got um, they got rolling again with the, the Geo Grand Slam, and, and Boone made some horrible decisions last night. But um, when you score 10 runs, it's kind of hard to lose a game, I guess. But Yankees back-to-back double-digit runs scored, which is huge. And, I I mean, game one was, you know, what more could you want? Cole goes out and gives you seven innings. And he gave up a couple runs, but are you worried about that? Because he's just pitching to the defense. The Yankees have have scored so many runs. And, uh, I mean, pretty much game one was everything you could want. And game two was an absolute roller coaster. Yeah, I think – I think we should just address this real quick. When we did our preview, so much of the conversation was, you know, how worried we were about the Yankee offense, which had not been performing well over the final eight games of the season. Judge and Stanton were struggling coming into the series, and it was a big question on on how the Yankees were going to score runs against a Cleveland team that came in with, you know, the best run prevention in the league and one of the best starting rotations in the league. That was our huge concern. And, well, the Yankees faced Cleveland starters for a total of seven and two-thirds innings and scored 11 runs. Pretty good. I mean, if we start at game one, which, you know, the best place to start is at the beginning and then going to the end and whatever that whole quote is. Periodically returning to the end. And- yeah. Um, so... I mean, if you if you start at the beginning, you know, 
you're all jacked up for this pitching matchup and LeMay Hugh to an O pitch hits a single the other way. And you're like, all right, let's see, you know what happens. And then the next pitch judge rockets one out to, to right center and you're off to the races and you're thinking, all right, maybe this is like one of these things where they just get to an ACE early, right? That's the whole adage. Like, Oh, you got to get to the ACE in the first inning. And the Yankees just continued to pour it on. Um, Obviously, um, a lot of guys stepped up in game one, including Gardner, who a lot of people didn't want in there. And then Gardner had another nice game last night. I mean, the lefty-lefty matchup in the ninth inning is not ideal for him. But, I I mean, pretty pretty good move there by the coaching staff to give Gardner a chance. I feel like that actually made a a, a difference in this series a little bit. And... um, I thought the most underrated thing from game one was John Carlos Stanton hitting a meaningless, a seemingly meaningless home run um, at the end of the game there. Cause then he comes into game two and hits a home run to get the Yankees on the board after being down for nothing. And I thought that was really big to not let Carrasco have a shutdown inning after the Yankees are down for nothing. Now you're within the proverbial three run homers, which win ball games, according to Sweeney Murdy. And um, you also give Stanton the confidence, I think in the ninth inning, when you're down by one, not to be flailing at pitches, but to have a really good at bat and get that rally, which I'm sure we'll talk about in more detail, but to get that rally started. So like one of those things where yesterday leads to today kind of thing. And I thought, um, I, I thought that home run was huge for the Stanton and the Yankees, even though at the time it didn't really mean anything. Yeah, for sure. Really glad you mentioned the walk. Cause that was one of two walks for Stanton, both of which he spit on a number of low and away breaking balls, which were his, absolute kryptonite in the 2018 postseason and many times during regular season since since he's been known to chase those but he uh he took a he took a lot of them and a lot of them were were good competitive ones that uh normally we would see him flail at which he did not so i thought stanton looked great this series but well, especially ever since that that first home run, which he absolutely crushed, and then all, obviously you love seeing Stanton go 420 feet oppo, which he did. That's always fun. Yeah, that's kind of when you know he's uh he's getting locked in, and he certainly looks that way right now. So I think I think heading into this postseason, a big concern was you know Stanton and Judge haven't been hitting well since they came off the IL. Judge starts his series with a big two-run home run to set the tone for a blowout against the probably uncontested Cy Young winner in the American League this year. And then Stanton hits two home runs in the series. And then another question was, oh, now Torres is slumping heading into the postseason. And he goes four for four in game one with with a home run. And then he has another... Good game yesterday with again he had it he had a couple big walks himself uh torres so he's he's having good at bats and then and then Frazier was slumping heading into the postseason, so Boone makes the move to go to Gardner, who was one of the few Yankees who had been hitting well, and like you said he he had a big series too, so uh obviously we're gonna get into some of the bullpen decisions that that Boone made, which you know, partially were just flat out bad decisions and partially because he just doesn't have nearly the amount of reliable options that he usually does. Um, but we also have to, you know, if we're going to criticize him, we also have to give him credit for that move because Frazier had clearly been the better hitter over the course of the year, but he went with the hot hand and the veteran and Gardner who, you know, repaid him immediately. 
And then Frazier came into pinch hit last night and had a really uncompetitive at-bat. So I think it's pretty clear that that was the right decision and a big one. Yeah, I mean, Frazier has been a streaky hitter from the few times that we've had the opportunity to watch him for an extended period. And Gardner's been the same way. And, and Gardner, even though he didn't get any hits yesterday, you know, two walks, which seems to be par for the course because Torres, Gardner. Sam, Everybody had walks. Boyd, there were, there and were, Judge <laughs> had two walks each. Like, there were 19 total walks in the game. It was brutal. So. Yeah, it was that was rough. But, I mean, to, to show that patience and then, you know, to – to go dead center in game one, that was I know. <laughs> a little uh, little meat there by by uh, Guardy, and, and that was fun. And I think he brings a presence in a lineup that is still appreciated for, um, you know, for his patience. And and I mean, let's be, you know, I, I texted you guys as a joke, like I'm I'm thinking about the the Boggs at bat in the '96 World Series when he was up with the bases loaded, but he really had a really good at bat and lefty on lefty, he got beat by a fastball away, and that happens, but. Um, you know, he, he definitely didn't have an at-bat as bad as Hicks has later in the inning where he just kind of gives one away, so to speak. I don't know what it is with Hicks. He he works these incredibly good at-bats. He's always among the league leaders in working full counts. We obviously know about his on-base percentage this season, even when he was struggling to make hard contact, finish with more walks and strikeouts. But his numbers with the bases loaded are dreadful. I don't know I don't know what kind of mode he goes into once he comes up with the bases loaded, but he does not look like the same hitter. I don't know. I, I thought about this when I was watching the at-bat, but it seems like from a, like when he's batting left-handed, uh, a right-hander throws that change-up that is away. He always like tries to yank it and pulls off of it. I just feel like I always see him do that. So I don't know if maybe... In that kind of situation, they know he's hunting fastball. Let's just do because I mean that that sets the tone for the entire at bat. But yeah, that was that was pretty awful. But again, he did have a walk and scored two runs and had a had a hit yesterday. Um, but um, yeah, Gardner Gardner was awesome. Glaber had a really good series, and then I mean, dude, Geo Geo comes up big. I mean, we we talked about before the series that Urshela would have been a hero if the Yankees had won game six last year against the the Astros, but Urshela hits a grand slam to give the Yankees the lead when they're down by three, which is, I mean, what's bigger than that in the playoffs? Uh, first grand slam to give the Yankees a lead in a game since Tio Martinez, 1998. Just thought I'd throw that in there. After, and then, after he struck out. <laughs> in the box score, it says he hit a grand slam, so I don't know what you're talking about. Um, and then in the ninth inning, or the bottom of the eighth, excuse me, after Chapman gives up really just an unfortunate Babbitt, Babbitt kind of hit. Yeah. Um, Urshela makes a diving play, turns a double play, and keeps the Yankees within one, which is huge because now that walk by Stanton, all of a sudden you're like, we are right there now. Like we've got the leadoff guy on and everything. And and then he gets a hit, I don't know how, um, with on an 0-2 pitch on a ball that's you know, kind of just going away from him, and he just flicks it out there and, and – lines it up the middle yeah i mean player player of the game no brainer pretty obvious why he got the championship belt last night i mean how good that must have felt for him going against his former team and just continuing to be reminded that urshela is not a fluke he's turning into one of the better third basemen in the league and just to think that you look at the corner infielders for the yankees and voight and and urshela i mean those are just two pillars of of Cashman's resume they're they're two guys that were brought over in seemingly really minor depth moves and have both turned into some of the best 
players in the league at their position. Voigt had a had a couple hits in this series, and now talking about Urshela with that grand slam, which was, I mean, what a what a cool moment. That's that's one of the uh, cooler Yankee postseason moments in in recent years. I'd say down three, you hit a grand slam. Uh, no, it was the fourth inning of the, the second round in a game we technically didn't need to win, and I was I was off the couch jumping up and down. Yeah, it was great, and then and then you get to the eighth inning, and, and like you mentioned, in, in the fourth inning, you know, like you said, it's not a game they technically had to win because there was still a game three if they lose. But then you get to the eighth inning, and everything that's transpired, and and Britain and Green. And then with Chapman warming, all of a sudden you're like, man, if we get to a game three, we're going to have a burned bullpen and Jay Happ on the mound in a winner take all. It's starting to feel like the Yankees really need to win this game. And then Urshela makes that insane diving play and makes an accurate throw to second from his butt and uh, and keeps it at a one-run game. I mean, I, I started like thinking to myself like the best defensive plays in Yankee postseason history since I've been alive. And obviously the flip flip play comes up at the top. Then I thought back to um you know, obviously this wasn't like a great play in terms of difficulty just because he makes it look so easy because of his height, but Judge robbing Lindor in game three in twenty seventeen was a massive defensive play at the time because the game was scoreless and it was an elimination game. So those two come to mind. How about uh, for Jeter again, the relay throw to get uh, Timo yeah, to get Perez Timo, in the that World was, Series? That was my next one. So those those were the top three that, that came into my mind. Um, and and then the, the, the Geo one last night, especially given how the game wound up ending. Yeah, that was uh, that was huge. And it's funny, like right now it's like, okay, this, there's there were 16 teams in it when this series started. So it doesn't feel like right now you're like that far into the run and we'll see what happens in the next round. But if the Yankees do steal this next series from Tampa and they start to kind of go deeper in, that's something that definitely we'll, we'll look back on uh, very, very fondly. So uh, Gio's the man. I, you know, he, he, the metrics don't love him. And, and if you watch every day, I think you understand why. If you watch him and another third baseman, but comes up with the with the plays when you need them, I feel like. And I also look, I, there, you know, momentum is a tricky subject to talk about, but I think mentally it definitely does something to you. And when you're the Indians and the Yankees have just continued to to pound on you, and you have a chance to go up by three with your closer who hasn't blown any saves all year, and that gets taken away from you, I'm sure that is deflating in, in some sense. Like you're going in thinking, okay, we're going to get some more here, and then you don't. I'm sure that I'm sure that kind of puts you on your heels a little bit, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, talking about momentum, like real or not, this game just had so many swings and twists and turns that win probability chart looked uh, like my heart rate swinging. during the game. Yeah. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, that this was just – an insane game. I mean, we had a nothing nothing game and going into the thirteenth inning earlier in the day, but I I think this uh this takes the cake for the wildest game of the postseason so far. And certainly a fitting well, it wasn't technically an end because they almost they almost caught up to the Dodger game, but the Dodger game finished the night. But it was a fitting almost end to just a packed day of baseball the first like march madness-esque day in, in baseball history this certainly felt like a march madness type game i mean it was 
it had it had everything. Incredible defensive plays, go ahead grand slams, um, pinch hit doubles by some you know by hitters who had seemingly no business pinch hitting in the first <laughs> place. Uh, it was it was yeah it was a uh, just a, a crazy game. One of the wildest Yankee postseason games I, I can remember. It was certainly stressful to to watch through but then one of those games where like once it's over and you can breathe that sigh of relief you love going back and watching the highlights of yeah i mean it i if it's a game where if the yankees don't score two in the ninth and, and win this thing it's a game we probably hang aaron boone for um it's another notch on the game two in cleveland belt where there just things always seem to go wrong because of manager gaffes whether it's not pulling the team off the field when the midges swarm or the uh, challenge or yeah or not challenging when there clearly should have been a challenge and uh, or, or well this one wasn't in cleveland but you also look think about game two of the 98 alcs and you have chuck knoblock with a massive brain fart so the yankees do stupid things in game two against the indians <laughs> and they did stupid things this game but they were able to be bailed out so I, I guess let's let's get into those. I'm sure you have things you want to say about some of uh, some of Boone's decision making. Um, I think the first one was, and and you know you could this one, this one's tough for me because Tanaka was seemed like he had locked back into postseason Tanaka form and looked like he was cruising. But I also felt like it was a situation where he probably shouldn't have come back out. Yeah, I think definitely green. we've seen Tanaka get gassed pretty quickly and right. Like he, he sometimes just loses gas and to have him warm up, start the game, pitch through the, what he had to pitch through in the, in the first inning before the delay, sit down, come back. I mean, you know, at that point, it's like Tanaka is already through five because he probably had to pitch about an innings worth in, in, in that rain delay. Um, so it was like a start-stop kind of thing. I, I really didn't like bringing him back out, especially where they were in the lineup. I understand that you have to manage the rest of this game with who you have in the bullpen, but I also believe that if you bring in your shutdown guys at the right time, the Yankees don't give up two runs there. They don't give up the, the next two runs that they give up in the, in the nail or double. And then those tack-on runs the Yankees got, now the Yankees are winning this game 8-4, and you could go to Loisa and kind of be like, okay, we'll, we'll relax now. You know what I mean? Like, But, uh, you know, Tanaka looked like Tanaka for the second, third, and fourth innings, and then in the fifth, especially he makes that crazy play to end the fourth. Well, Tanaka's had some problems with his legs, <laughs> but he looked pretty nimble over there. Oh, um, he's always been fantastic, I yeah. feel. I'm super bummed that he uh... – doesn't have a gold glove yet because he deserves one. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, I, I think for sure that they should have went to uh, went to somebody else to start the fifth inning. Didn't even have to be, like, Green or, or, or somebody, but it you know could have been Loisega in that spot maybe, starting with the clean inning, something like that. But, I mean, look, Boone was chasing outs all night, whether it be – with Loisega, with um, with Green, with Britain. Oh, maybe not with Britain so much, but with, with Tanaka. He, he chased outs all night. And, look, I understand sometimes you do that in the regular season, but you cannot do that in these types of games. Yeah. Um, 
not 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 the best decision. And just on on Tanaka, real quick, I was so bummed about this whole situation, just because you know this is going to severely inflate his postseason numbers, which are not going to properly tell just how good Tanaka is in the postseason because he was jerked around through this whole process, just delaying delaying the game and starting it again once it starts monsooning when which he had to be on the mound for then delaying it again then having him come right back out and you could tell like once he was able to actually settle down he started pitching like his usual self so I was I was really bummed for Tanaka who's just been one of the great joys for me to watch in terms of pitchers in, in playoff games felt like we were robbed of that a little bit um but yeah, I mean, he he was left in too long, and you're right. Aaron Boone has kind of, you know, done this a lot of times in his brief managerial career, where he kind of is trying to, quote unquote, steal outs at what seems to be the tail end of pitchers' outings as they start to fatigue. I think, I think the big concern moving forward is the fact that you kind of like wonder, well, what option does he really have? Because the Yankees, once you get, once your starter is out of the game, the Yankees have three reliable relievers right now. And that's yeah. Green, Britain, and Chapman. Um, and I, you know what? I, I, I thought about this too. If you have that little faith in Ottavino, which is warranted, you should have brought, if he's on the roster, you should have brought him in in game one just to try to get him into the series, see what he's got. Cause that, that's the spot. Now you're going in, he's going to have a week off. And going in against Tampa, that that's going to be tough. But this also was not a series where Ottavino would have been all that useful because of the tremendous left-handed hitters. Yeah, you know, Cleveland's loaded hitters, with switch hitters that Cleveland uh, has. But um, still, would have rather have seen Ottavino than Luizaga because Luizaga scares the hell out of me for this exact reason. He lost the strike zone, and then there was just multiple times during the game where I'm just thinking in my head, like, "Holy shit, this is a playoff game." It's tied in the eighth inning, and Jonathan Loisega is on the mound. <laughs> after uh, after having the luxury of the bullpen that the Yankees have had since like the you know run DMC day days, this is uh, not something Yankee fans are used to, and, and just another you know glaring piece glaring piece of evidence of how much the Yankees miss Tommy Canely. You think about his changeup against. Cleveland switch hitters that have that would have turned around to bat lefty against him and yeah I'm feeling really good about that I think Tommy Canely is probably the Yankees best reliever when when he's on so he's he's been sorely missed but I still you know even given Ottavino's struggles I still would have rather seen him than than Loisaga obviously Ottavino's contact rate has been scary this year but he's also dropped his walk rate and I believe he had been pitching a little better down the stretch I would have to double check that but regardless Loisga is just not somebody I have faith in in a playoff game and I honestly kind of hope that last night solidifies that for Boone and he goes in another direction moving forward where is he gonna go I don't know Holder I have no idea Holder (laughs) I have no idea. Although, and we, we we do have to say this too, because the uh, the next deci- the next questionable decision becomes well, outside of pulling Voigt a little early, um, but keeping things on the pitching aspect was you know Loizaga coming out for the eighth inning, and we were all like you know why why not just bring in Chapman if they well, do 
if they do bring in Chapman, he's gassed by the ninth inning, and he does probably doesn't even get through the end of that ninth inning. But you use them to get three outs in the eighth inning anyway. If you were going to do that, why not just? Uh, oh yeah, I know. I'm, I, no, look, I, I know the the biggest outs are the ones that are already there. You don't you don't hold relievers for theoretical yeah. big outs. But what I'm but what I'm saying is the Yankees would have been in the same position come the ninth inning because there were no reliable relievers left if Chapman pitches the eighth inning and and can't finish the ninth. Yeah, I I agree. But if yeah. You know, if they bring in Chapman in the eighth, he takes the ninth inning. Same situation, but up by uh, you know three runs instead of instead of one. Yeah, no, absolutely, or, or absolutely two runs instead of three. But um, yeah, I mean, look, he he's got to find some guys he can trust, but he also has to stop stealing, trying to steal outs. Because every time you do that, and it's it screws you over by a run or two, you're putting more pressure on the bullpen for the rest of the game. If you have these shutdown innings in the fifth, sixth, seventh, and your team scores four runs, two runs, three runs over that time, those are insurance runs now where you can put in a guy like Loisega who knows he can pound the zone just, you know, and and go after guys because you have a three or a four run lead. So I don't know. I, I think the Yankees need to uh, need to talk to Boone about this because it, it's been a problem. I mean, look, it was a problem in 2018. He got away from it in 2019, but it's become a problem again and i think it's because he doesn't have guys he can trust but just has to do a better job of managing that kind of stuff and i i really was upset that they pulled boy i thought that was really not you know sometimes games have a flow and to think i, I don't know i just felt like in that situation you you knew that spot was going to come up again and the, this game was in no way away and uh i would have rather seen Voight in that at bat than, than clint frazier for sure oh yeah of course i mean especially given how minorly competitive that that at bat was he took that first pitch fastball and i was like oh my god that's the kind of pitch frazier's been annihilating this season but i get you know i guess he wanted to see one pitch and then the next two all all fastballs he was not particularly close to so i don't know how much frazier we're going to see the rest of the postseason um but yeah, obviously but, the the big concern will be will be the the pitching and how Boone deploys the bullpen, and and you know also we, we should say, um, you know Chapman obviously has great career numbers, but he always seems to make things heart attack inducing with the free passes that he issues. Sometimes he seems to always make sure there's traffic on the bases before finishing off a game. But he was shut down last night he looked the best he has in a while two innings no walks four strikeouts the only base runner in the ninth was because a ball got past Sanchez with that new split finger that Chapman has uh deployed recently which he executed perfectly on that pitch he got the swing and miss it just went to the backstop so uh Chapman looked really good yesterday yeah, absolutely. And he, you know, I think I texted Chapman needs to keep bullying, right? And whenever he's in that mode of I'm better than you, it's, it's always good when he starts to nibble, tries to get cute with the slider. That's when he gets in trouble. But when he goes right at guys, he's always intimidating and, and successful, but he looked great yesterday. You know, he got what, seven outs, right? Cause he got the, the three in the eighth and then four technically in the ninth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And, so, and then, uh, and then and, Britain. And then, yeah. Sorry, Britain got the ground ball he needed uh, with that double play ball, the one Urshela turn that was much easier than the one he would turn after that. Um, but and then he kind of you know lost his control a little bit, which has happened with Britain in the past. But you know, um, uh, Vasquez brought this up on 
the broadcast last night, how or maybe it was A Rod, I don't remember, but how Britain has said that he doesn't usually like long layoffs in between pitching, and I think Britain had only pitched like once in the last week, week or something. So um, I'm not too concerned about that. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. They, I mean, and because they finished this up, they now get uh, what four days off: Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yep. So that's that's good. But you know, one thing I'm thinking about with Frazier, the Yankees play. Uh, I'm sure it'll be Snell Cole in Game One. Um, does Frazier yeah, get, get a start there? I, I would, I would say go with it. Yeah, that'll that'll be interesting to see how uh, to see how they they go there. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe uh, maybe Frazier's in there. I mean, with the you know, you could always put Gardner in late if Frazier has a bad game and they bring in a right-hander, but we'll see. Um, but I mean, overall, look, they did what they had to do. Um, they have some time off now, which is great. The offense got going. I mean, look, they scored, what, 12 runs, 10? They scored 22 runs in 18 innings. It's going to be tough to yeah. beat. When we were all now, worried how they were going to push push across two or three runs against Cleveland's pitching. Yeah, well, I, you know what? And I, th- I think that was the one thing that we said was that we don't know how the Indians pitching will fare against another division because the Central has a history of being relatively weak the last few years. Um, it's still a division that had the Twins this year. And the pre-playoff twins. <laughs> why wait? Why why is Carlos Correa talking shit about beating the twins? That guy is so delusional. Like he has this. Like James Smythe summed it up perfectly. Like why is he taking on this little engine that could label for the Astros? Like I'm sorry, but nobody sees you that way. And then the Astros' own account says like, you know, you guys stay mad, we'll stay winning. Like just. They just the epitome got of tone by winning two games. <laughs> like, like, it's a twins. Yeah. You, you guys, you guys clawed out two low-scoring victories against a team that just historically and repeatedly disappears in the postseason. Congrats! The last time the Twins won a playoff game, George Bush was in his first term. Yeah, <laughs> and they've played eighteen since. Yeah, congratulations! We're all very proud of you and how much you've had to overcome since since cheating to a World Series. Hats yeah. off to you, Carlos. But uh, that's insane. I know. Have, have the Twins won a home playoff game since two thousand two? I don't think they have. They've no. almost gone twenty years, and they've been in the playoffs like seven times. <laughs> yeah, it's brutal. I feel terrible for their fan base because they just and and I tweeted this out yesterday, but I feel like every year the Twins get to the playoffs. They arrive with even more promise than the last time. It just always seems like, okay, like this is a really good team. This is the kind of team that can break this curse. Like, the, you know, the Bomber squad last year going up against the Yankees. You were so shook. You picked the Yankees to lose. And the Yankees just completely annihilated them. You know, you look at a year back, it was on a slightly more minimal scale, but the Twins had been a resurgent team that year after having a brutal 2016. And, you know, they choke. And then coming into this year, they. Add Josh Donaldson, which obviously killed them that he wasn't able to play this series. But you know, you come into this year and how great they were playing early in the year, and you know they leveled off a little bit towards the end. But still, they were playing a team below 500, which again, you know, Correa and the Astros with this mantra, like, all right, you guys wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for an expanded playoff. You guys finished under 500. God, he's so annoying. And and they added the, the twins had added some some really good pitching like which they've always missed. I mean yeah. that's always you know I mean except for the Johan Santana years, 
they, yeah, they they've missed that. And to Maeda looked like your clear cut bona fide game one starter that they've been lacking. And he pitched well. The, they did not hit. They did not hit at all. Anyway, well, um, but just, yeah, the Yan- Yan- Yankees took care of business, and I think, like I said, it goes most perfect way you could. I was wrong again with another prediction. I, I, I was like watching a game last night. I was when they're down four nothing. I'm like. Jesus, it's going to be exactly what I said. They'll lose, but you know, <laughs> the the reverse of everything I said is going to come true. So, yeah, no, they uh, so. they came right back after falling behind four nothing early, which was big. Uh, one last thing to wrap up game two. Um, it's certainly not something you or I would question. I would assume, but there were a lot of people that wanted to still see Higgy behind the plate in game two instead of Sanchez, even though no. it seemed like it's been pretty clear all the time that. Sanchez is going to be the catcher every game except when Cole is on the mound. And he comes up, hits a big two-run home run to give the Yankees the lead again, and hits a game-tying sack fly in the ninth. So that's that's why he's in there. He's just he struggled a lot this year, but he's simply a better hitter than Higashioka. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That He has a huge home run that only he can hit. It was wind-aided. Well, him and Stanton and, and Judge. So, okay, so like three and guys. <laughs> and and LeMahieu has Shut done up. it. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't think LeMahieu could power that one out. But, uh, I he mean, powered one out in the ALCS against uh, – Yeah, but he got a lot He got a lot more of that ball. Like that was just, <laughs> you know. Oh, you mean like how he like missed it a little bit yeah, but still yeah, got but it just, out? So, yeah, exactly. Right, so, I'll take LeMahieu <laughs> off, but you still have Judge yeah, Stanton and right. Voight. You're right. Anyway, um. But I mean, he look—he hits a huge home run, and then he has a huge at bat. In the look, ground ball double play ends the game. A strikeout, you know, takes away any kind of sack, and he puts the bat on the ball, which he's had trouble doing. I mean, he struck out a ton in the regular season, but he got the job done. And I mean, what more can you want? Your catcher hit a two-run homer and had a sack fly um, in, you know, the most pressure situation down in the ninth inning um, by one with a runner on third. So. You know, kudos to Sanchez. I think you keep going with Hig- Higgy with Cole, and you go to Sanchez every other time. Yeah, it's, it's going to be tough though. It's, look, it'll be. It's going to stink to not have Sanchez's threat in the lineup against Snell because left the lefty matchup. But you're not going to take Stanton out of the DH role, and you're not going to play Stanton in the outfield. So Sanchez can't play until Cole's out of the game. So. Hopefully by the time Cole's out of the game, the Yankees have a nice size of a lead. Doubt that'll happen against Snell, but I've been wrong before. Yeah, well, I think uh, one of the other really enjoyable parts of this series was that we got to see playoff Cole. 13 strikeouts came and did exactly what it is the Yankees signed him to do. I mean, he threw seven innings, no walks, and 13 strikeouts. Gave up his, you know, obligatory home run or, or whatever, but uh, the way the Yankees were hitting, it didn't matter. And, I mean, that that right there is the reason why, even though the Rays have owned the Yankees this season and, and the fact that they have an, an insanely good top of the rotation led by Snell, that's still a reason why, you know, you can still go into a game one against Tampa and feel pretty good because you have Cole on the mound. Yeah, Yankees definitely have a puncher's chance in game one for sure, just because of Cole. All right, so, so uh, anything else on anything else on this two-game stint where the Yankees came alive and seemed to confirm that they were just kind of waiting for the games that really mattered? 
Uh, no, I got nothing else. I mean, it was perfect, perfect situation. You went into obviously last night should have been a little bit easier. I'm exhausted today, but, um, can, uh, can't complain about a two game sweep, which has never happened before. Um, well, I guess it happened hours before, but yeah. And now we, now we look to Tampa. Yeah. That is going to be a very interesting, tough, probably fun, emotional series. Two teams don't like each other at all. Division rivals, first time meeting in the postseason. Going up against the best team in the American League, it's it's going to be it's going to be a dogfight, as as they say. But the Yankees are certainly going into it with something to prove. They were knocked around by Tampa all year. Oh yeah, I'm not looking forward to this. <laughs> well, I think one of the huge aspects of of this is that it's not at the trop that's huge to me that's massive that that is that's big so so we'll see i'm what do you, how are you feeling about the series horrible <laughs> <laughs> um horrible i'm, I'm ter- tampa is i think head and shoulders the best above the the other teams in the american league because of their rotation and their bullpen and their manager um Yankees will have the advantage in the lineup. I, I I think we can agree on that. But Tampa's got a good lineup as well. Oh yeah, um, capable of doing some damage and having history doing damage. I think um, so, and I think the Rays have an advantage on defense too. Even though the Yankees' defense came to play uh, in this series, so of the of the main aspects of the game, I think the Yankees only have the advantage in their in their lineup. What about you? Yeah, I would say that's probably their only clear-cut advantage if we're if we're comparing everything. I also think that they could be considered to have maybe a very slight advantage. Maybe it's a draw in terms of in terms of ace because of Cole. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a really really tough series. But we've also we've also seen that the Yankees are capable of just being a different team in the playoffs so we'll we'll see how it goes i think not being at the trop is is massive because the yankees just don't play well there neither does anyone because who wants to play there um but yeah i'm i'm uh i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to a really good rivalry series it'll be intense yeah i hope i hope it's not uh not all blowouts i I don't think we're gonna see something like that so what's your uh, what's your prediction? Um, I'll predict I'll predict the Rays in five. I think it's going to be a really hard hard fought series that probably just comes down to one team, which is this is not something the Yankees have been used to in recent years. But I think it might just come down to that the Yankees' opponent has much more bullpen depth than them, at least right now. Might have been might have been different if the Yankees still had. Tommy Canely but you know you can't make excuses because the Rays have suffered a lot of pitching injuries this year too and they haven't missed a beat so I'd say the the Rays in five in in a hard-fought series and then we'll have to deal with the Rays and their Twitter account being insufferable for a while but I just think the Rays are are the uh I just think the Rays are the best team in the American League and if the Yankees can find a way past them I would really really like their chances in to get to the World Series for the first time in over a decade. Yeah. What about I'm, you? I'm going Rays in four. 
What one game do you think the Yankees win? I don't know. Maybe game one. Yeah, I, I, I like the Yankees' chances in game one. Obviously, it's again, the bullpen depth's going to be massive because there's no days off, and the Rays have the advantage there. And the Yankees' rotation, it, it thins out really quickly. I mean, well, we don't know like how Hap is going to perform. That'll be a huge X factor. Um, but yeah, I think I think the... I think the bullpen depth guys, the Adovinos, the Holders, the Wisegas, and then your back of the rotation like Hap and Devi, I think those are going to be – I think those could be the X factors that determine whether the Yankees advance or not. Yeah. I mean, you know, another thing too uh, – maybe maybe game two. Glass, Glass now has been a little, little, bit, uh, little bit overrated this year. Yeah, he's, he's shown that he can uh, lose control a bit. Yeah, and he gives up gives up the long ball, but we'll see. Well, they had no problem against Toronto, none whatsoever. Toronto is just when they play in Buffalo, it's a totally different ball game. Yeah, but there's no real home field advantage now. It's just who gets the bat last. So, you know, San Diego shouldn't have any weather or problems for Tanaka, I would assume. So yeah. maybe maybe we get back on track with him. But thank God, man, that wasn't his last playoff start. He'll have another opportunity in more optimal conditions. Oh, yeah. Um, he deserves way better than that. Would think if his Yankee career ended with a weird, weird game like that. But we'll see. I mean, look, the Yankees could win this series. I could see the Yankees taking the first two games and then squeaking one out somewhere else where they have the pitching disadvantage. But I think game one and two, pitching-wise, it's a toss-up. It's just a matter of how Boone manages the bullpen. Hopefully he learned his lesson. Yeah, and a lot's going to be put on the offense too. You you want to you want to work Cole and and uh, Morton and Glass now and, and get to that raised bullpen so that when you get to potential games four and five, that bullpen is not as fresh and and rested as it could be if those if those good starting arms are able to go seven innings. So it's going to be big on the offense to do exactly what it did. Uh, this series, they knocked around the best pitcher in the league, and then they, then they really worked Carrasco to the point where he only lasted three innings. So that that is all going to be important for sure. We'll see what happens, but um, we'll be here to talk about how it all plays out. And uh, that's it. Yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, me too. So hope everybody enjoyed that. I know we did. So. We'll uh, be back to talk about the ALDS next time. Everybody get ready. Got four days now. It's going to be weird. Yeah, and then they play five straight. Yeah. (laughs) So then buckle up after that. They should have put an off day in like right in the middle. Just come on, man. Yeah, I I wish they did. I mean, I I get Manfred's just set on ending the season near its normal time because they're all worried about a second wave and – Things yeah. like that, but you you think you think they put the Yankees in prime time every single night? Yeah, probably. You you, you don't think they'll do one day game? Mixed I thought in I thought they of... would have done a day game in in here. I, I mean, you think back in recent years, the with the ALDS, the Yankees just almost always had afternoon games in Game Two. Twenty seventeen, they were an afternoon game. Okay, 2018 they were not, but then 2019 they were an afternoon game again. They usually just mixed in one, but I don't know. I, I guess it's going to depend on the other matchups and to see how intriguing they are. But I'm thinking of Astros against either 
Chicago or Oakland, that's that's not going to get prime time over the Yankees. And then looking to the National League, I, I just I don't I don't think I don't think there's any teams out there where there's going to be a matchup that's going to trump Yankees Rays. Yeah, the Braves and the Padres. I'm sorry, uh, the Dodgers and the Padres would be really the only national teams, National League teams that have a ton of juice, given what's happened this year. But I just don't think the Padres are going to get yeah. it, though. They got they got banged up at the wrong time. Yep. All right. Well, yeah. We'll see what time we'll see what times the games are. I, I certainly wouldn't mind a, an afternoon game somewhere in there. You know, someone who works. Yeah. Into the but early I, parts the, of the evening. The baseball doesn't like to go up against football, so they are skewing these games during the week. Right. But if you want to grow the fan base, you got to play games on the weekend. I think the kids can watch and stuff like what kid was going to watch that game last night. Yeah, I know. I know. So like, obviously, you know, selfishly, I loved yesterday. I mean, it was just my day off work because I have a a weird schedule, but even under normal circumstances where I don't go into work until later in the day, a circumstance like yesterday, I'm able to sit on the couch and enjoy those early parts of the day where there's three different games going on and then get to come back in time for, you know, a good chunk of the primetime game and all of the, the late game. So selfishly, I love that, but yeah, no, I, I definitely am a fan of baseball. I want it to keep growing and they're, they definitely need to, uh, to tweak something to get, uh, access to more of those younger casual fans. Although, I don't know if <laughs> I don't know if a four-hour, fifty-minute game was going to be what reels reels them in. Obviously, it's thrilling for us because it was a really good game. It just took long as hell. Yeah. All right. All right. That's it for us. Thanks to everybody for listening. We'll uh, we'll be back to talk about Yankees Rays. But for now, the Yankees sweep Cleveland after everybody was worried that they would just get bounced and wouldn't hit. They scored twenty-two runs, so that's. That's the playoffs for you. It can turn at any time, so we'll see if the Yankees can turn their fortunes against Tampa. Um, But in the meantime, thanks for listening. Enjoy some days off before all the action kicks up next week. See you later, everybody. Go Yanks.